Hello and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Claudine West of Earth Tree Healing. We're going to be discussing the therapeutic benefits of music and creation and how through using music it has helped Claude to heal and go through different phases of grief. So I'm welcoming today Claude and we met at the Wellbeing Shows. Yes, we did. Was it Lincoln or no? I can't remember which one we met at first. I can't remember because I'd been going to the Wellbeing Shows quite a while as a supporter of them. And it took me a long time to sort of pluck up the courage to actually go and be a stall holder. And it was sort of in the middle of the pandemic that I first came. So I can't remember which one it is. But we'll... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah, we, we met and, and I think it was a... I'd, I'd kind of seen Debbie's, Debbie's kind of your stall and things and, and things. And I was working my way around getting to know a lot of the, the people that did the shows and... I can't even remember what we talked about, but we've just, over the last year or so, just really started talking about things and got to know each other a bit, and now I'm here. Which is really <laughs> exciting. So, as obviously some of you listeners know, about 18 months ago, we moved into a project of a house. So it's been really nice this morning because I've been showing Claude and Ange round our property and all the quirky bits of it. So we've just done that. And now we thought we'd come and sit and record a podcast for you. Yeah, and talk about some stuff. Yeah. And we've seen a lovely little bunny rabbit running up your driveway as we approached, which was really cute. It's so. really lovely. There's so many of them at the moment. And in the field behind my office as well. Yeah. Just the, it's amazing. They just sort of dart about all day. And it's just, it's very distracting. I mean, today is a beautiful, sunny day. It's got blue skies. It's quite pleasant out. And you're just surrounded by lovely views here in Lincolnshire, aren't we? So. We are, we're very lucky and I think that's so important for well-being as well, it's mm. being able to have that space, to be able to see the sky, nature around us, I find that very grounding and very stabilising. Definitely, I mean I, I grew up in walking around woods and forests, my parents were very get us out there as kids and you know it was growing up in nature every weekend or when we're on holiday was such a wonderful healing experience and I don't think until like later on in adult life I've appreciated how good it was yeah um so absolutely absolutely love it and any chance to get out there I mean currently we, we've just moved house and we are I'm building the garden of plant I, I, I never thought if you just said to me Debbie 20 years ago Claude you're going to get excited <laughs> about a garden centre I'd have laughed at you I really would because I thought that was an old people thing I'm now 47 you're an old I'm 47 <laughs> And I'm perimenopausal, and I'm I'm I mean I'm get I get excited about garden centres. Me and Ange, I said to us it last year. Ange, where do you want to go for your birthday? Shall we go for somewhere? I want to go to a garden centre. Then she like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. And we actually get really excited. Sometimes we'll go for a cheese scone and a little cup nice. of tea. Um, but we we tend to love you know buying a plant. We like to rescue plants as well. Mm-hmm. Even at supermarkets, we'll go and rescue something that's down there. And some a lady at the last one went to gave us a tip as if you've got like the reduced to clear bit and it's just a stalk. Yeah, it's just scrape the bottom of it with your fingernail. And if it's got green under it, it's still alive. You can possibly save it. Oh, a lot nice. of them are naughty and they'll sell dead twigs. Yep. Uh, I'm not a gardener. I might subscribe to Gardener's World magazine. I don't know yet. I may go there, but it's. <laughs> You know, just watching something. You know, I'm I'm a musician by by kind of 
what I've inherited with the gifts in the world. So Mm -hmm. growing something and creating something I get absolute pleasure out of. And now I'm getting a bit older, Mm -hmm. growing something from seed or from a very small plant, I'm just sat in the garden after work in the evening and thinking that's going to grow something and bloom into something beautiful. And I'm getting absolute... And like I said, 20 years ago, I would have laughed at you, Debbie. Because you partied quite hard, didn't you, in your younger days? Yes, I was, um, yes, I quite um, abused, abused some substances and things and, and was on like a bottle of wine a night. And, <laughs> and I used to write blogs on MySpace. I don't know if any of you remember MySpace. I remember MySpace. <laughs> and I used to write, I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop drinking. I was never addicted like, like you know, that bad, but it was my way of life. And a musician in a band, it was rock and roll, got up to sordid things and it was... You know, I did write some bits I got up to in a book out I released, and <laughs> uh, I'm not proud of it. And um, and then I kind of went through my first right relationship with a woman when I was 30, because right, I, okay. I was, you know, dated men, um, okay. and I, I dated a biker, and I loved going on the roads on mm-hmm. the bike, and, and and that was lovely, but he, I broke his heart, and, and things bless him. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of, and, and I always knew what I was, I always knew what I was into fancied women and I was too scared yeah and then I kind of met met my first girlfriend when I was 13 she broke my heart we moved in together very quickly broke my heart and I thought and I went went dating a little bit Mm -hmm. went a bit wild and and then I thought I gave up because it was just way too weird with some of the people I was meeting (laughs) and um, I thought I'm just gonna stay single I remember going to one of the gay prides um Nottingham Pride and I was at a pub and I spoke to this bloke and he went Claude, just meet some probably lesbian friends and then you might meet someone. Don't just go out to meet someone. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of gave up. Yeah. And then in, back in the day, you used to be able to see if you, what sexuality you were on, on Facebook. Oh, right. You used to be able to put it, you know, and I just thought, I'll add every lesbian on Facebook I can find as a friend. <laughs> and... <laughs> Even though most of our friends are heterosexual, it doesn't, you know, it's the person for me. It's not who yeah. what you are, <laughs> you know. And we've probably got some aliens as friends as well, but I don't yeah. know about, but I'm, I'm not bothered. But And I met Ange. Right. And I remember sending her a message, because I'm, I'm not very charming. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, Angela, how are you? She's like, well, you clearly don't know me because everyone calls me Ange. I was like, oh, well, that started off well. And, and that was it. And we blossomed into this constant talking thing. Oh, amazing. And began adventures. Mm-hmm. And adventures with, you know, we, we, we met in a pub. I remember there's this jazz band at the start, at the front of this pub and there's these people sat on chairs and they're playing trombones right into the faces <laughs> and we were laughing our heads off and and it just went from there and we kind of had this as you get a soul recognition of yeah and me and Angela had past life regression and we have had lives mm-hmm. before and she's been like my sister in in one of them and things so we've had very interesting things occur and we'll explore that probably more as we get older if, yeah with therapies oh, and interesting. But yeah, it was kind of, and we've, we've had a journey ever since. I mean, we've been together, oh God, 2000, oh, she's going to get get me in trouble now. <laughs> Maybe it was November 2000, and, was it seven or eight? Can't remember now. It's been so wonderful it's that it's just felt so magical yeah. that you've lost track of time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good get out, that is. Um, so we've just been adventuring ever since, and when I found out Andrew's into ghosts, yeah, she could see she could see dead people and talk to them, and mm-hmm. she was into crystals. And I was like, well, I've always believed in all these things, and we're just like it's so exciting ever since. Yeah, the journey of that, and so yeah, we've absolutely 
absolutely, you know, we still feel like it was only yesterday when we met, mm-hmm. and we we bicker like God knows what, but we also have such hilarious. <laughs> I love hearing about it's some like, of your arguments. You know, I mean, the other day because she picks me up from work. Because um, I've, I've just been diagnosed with osteo- osteoarthritis in my knees, and I, okay. you know it's a bit painful. So picks me up from work every day. I work at the hospital. I work in an office. So by the time I've hobbled downstairs or all the lift, mm-hmm. uh, she's waiting five minutes. So she decided to text me to say, "Come on, um, I'm here." When she actually wasn't, Debbie, she wasn't here. <laughs> um, and then I went downstairs. A man, a man asked me for directions, and I got all distracted in the home in perimal, perimenopausal brain fog. Mm-hmm. And it was really stunning when I walked out the door, so I wasn't really looking what I was doing. And then there's a grey car, which is, I've just got a grey car. So I just, like, casually walked up, got, opened the door, and there's a man there inside <laughs> the car. It wasn't Anne. And his wife was just coming out of, uh, you know, out of the office, and uh, it, I was like, I'm so sorry. I've just walked into your husband's car. <laughs> and uh, I just shut the door and casually, like, and I'm just laughing her head off as she was driving up to me. So that's that kind of life. <laughs> You have a lot of fun though, don't you? Because I follow you. Yeah. So you've got your YouTube and your Facebooks, and you have your adventures with clans, yeah. and then as well as all your fantastic work things, and you have a lot of fun together. Yeah. We do. I mean, I I like to make. I'm not a documentary filmmaker. But I like to document our life because, as we all know, life can be very short mm-hmm. and it can be cut off instantly. Yeah. And you know. I kind of regret in some ways that I've always documented Andrew's parents when we go to Portsmouth and we film them and we do play tricks on them. We are evil. We did awful things. I mean, once they were flying back from abroad and we, we deliberately went out and bought a load of balloons and a balloon <laughs> pump and knew that a dad would want the toilet as soon as he got back from the airport. <laughs> so we filled the whole toilet with balloons and we spent all afternoon pumping them up. So he went mad when he got back. Um, so we just do stuff to them all the time, Phil put, but we once got some gammon. Right. They've defrosted it out of the freezer. Okay. And I was just going to get some water to go take up to bed, and I saw it on this plate mm. in the kitchen. So this, this idea formed in my brain of what to do. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> and I went, took it upstairs and went, Ange, Ange, what should we do? And she was like, right, let's put it in the bed. So we put this gammon <laughs> that was defrosted on a plate in the bed, and... I was like bent over double upstairs and like laughing, and you could hear Gina going, "Alan, Alan, where's where's the where's the where's the gammon gone? What have you done with it?" Says I brought it out from the freezer in the gut. She's like, "You haven't? Go and get go and get it." So this massive domestic erupted downstairs. <laughs> we were crying upstairs, and then she came upstairs, mm-hmm. and she went, "You're all right." Before bed, she's all like, "You're all right." Yeah, and I was like, "You know, when you try not to laugh." Mm-hmm. I went, "Yes, I'm fine." And then I knew she was about to walk into the bedroom and then discover it. Well, she did. And, I mean, you had to be there, but it was absolutely hilarious (laughs) and very naughty. But, you know, it was good fun. I've got stink bombs for the next visit. Ready, I've ordered some already. (laughs) I bet they love you going. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we have fun, but documenting because, you know, they're in there. Her dad's just at 70. Mm Mm-hmm. It's documented those fun times like, so we can, in years to come, watch them back. I mean, yeah. I didn't, you know, I've, I've documented a bit more. My dad, I've started recording my dad on audio, his stories. Oh, wow. Because my dad's in his late 70s now when I lost my mum very suddenly last year, which mm-hmm. was quite devastating. I mean, she was poorly, but we didn't realise how poorly. Yeah. And my mum hated Facebook, hated social media, and so she wouldn't let me really... I had to sneak little videos of her. Mm-hmm. 
um, when she was laughing and having fun. So it really meant a lot to to continue to document our lives because when we do get older or if something happened, we can look at those memories and even though those memories can trigger upset, yep. it's there, it's it's our kind of, it's our life and and I love doing it, I really enjoy doing it. And mm-hmm. I, I, in lockdown, I watched a lot of YouTubers okay. when they go travelling and things and I found that very inspiring to to where uh, that they document their lives and get out of there because obviously we're all very restricted. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of get out there and and you know view other view the world through other people's eyes. And I think that's quite inspirational. Like you say, at times I I made a friend during lockdown, my friend Lee, and he he's a man that lives sort of locally. He's a brother of one of my friends, and he was going out early in the morning during the lockdowns and making sort of local history videos, really telling ghost stories, telling historical stories. And documented them. And that really helped to get me through lockdown. Just this person who I didn't really know who I became friends with, just watching him going to these different places that before I wouldn't have even thought about going to those places because they're just local places. Yeah. But all of a sudden it'd been taken away and you couldn't just freely go to them. It made me feel like I was connected to the outside world again. And that, that was so important for me. I mean, we, we, we kind of... It's, I, feel, I feel guilty in some ways. I mean, I was, there's um, a couple that do David James Lee's and Alex that do, he, he talks about the Tao Te Ching with Taoism. Okay. And I'd, we'd met them at some Yes talk or something and mm-hmm. and they ended up um, commissioning me to record the music for, is it, oh, someone's going to correct me, 80-something verses of the Tao Te Ching. He's wow. translated it. Mm-hmm. So I recorded like meditation music throughout mm-hmm. lockdown yeah. for them, and they were working with a sound engineer to get the balance right before me. He was talking it because he, he he has previously suffered with the stutter. Okay. So he's got a whole story about that, and um, so I was really enjoying recording music through. I'd, I'd, I got sent home from the NHS to work mm-hmm. for the majority of it, and so I'd finish at four o'clock. We had to make a makeshift desk at a house at the time, and. And then I'd go straight up to my little room, my recording studio, and work. Yeah. And be in this musical bliss where mm-hmm. I didn't even have to go out shopping. I didn't even have to do anything. It was just, I'm just going to do all those sort of things. And I could just be creative. And I think I recorded the album Gods during lockdown as well. So so my, my music's like under Earth Tree Healing. Because mm-hmm. me and Ange initially created a business with, it was going to incorporate Reiki and Ange's tarot reading. So the... You know, the whole umbrella of the business is under Earth Tree Healing. And we do lots of things under that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I release my music through that. And, yeah, I kind of try and get one or two albums out a year. And it's such beautiful music as well. It's so relaxing and inspiring. And I love to listen to it sometimes and sometimes just meditate, sometimes just listen. But it always brings up different emotions within mm. me. So I think it's very magical what you do. Thank you. I mean, I, I kind of, it's like... To explain as a musician, I mean, a lot of it's keyboard-based, so I'll get different synth sounds. I do record the acoustic music on some, and I probably will more in the future. But I'll, like I've done like the Angels, I've done like Archangel Divination 1 and 2, and that was when I was first... I've always recorded like instrumental music. I've been in mean, rock bands on drums, and I love the band Stinking Rita, and we're having a bit of a hiatus because our guitarist is about to have a baby. Gosh um so we've kind of having a bit of a break but we mm-hmm. haven't recorded an ep ready for later on this year i think but oh, amazing. Love, love them to bits we're all spiritual beings we're all cool cool beings so mm-hmm. 
um, love that side of the live jamming with a band side because you are literally connecting. It's hypnotic and and because we all improvise, it's oh, every, wow. every session's different. You know, we mm-hmm. need to actually really just pick a few songs and rehearse them again now. But <laughs> love it, you know. And we kind of so with the Earth Tree Healing music, it was very much. I kind of there's a lady called Sally Wathen. It, it was we called Yoda that kind of taught me and Ange when we started to kind of not come out the closet but come out spiritual of, of discovering all these amazing things that were going mm-hmm. on and our own kind of Ange's abilities were starting to be honed yeah. and I found some things that was you know very empathic and very over and I think it, I was just a weird child but I was just very oversensitive mm-hmm. to vibes and feelings and people and you know so it was kind of all those discoveries that were going off at the time and Sally was like let's do a garden meditation Right. So she did garden meditation, I did the backing music, and that started me off on this earth tree healing journey mm-hmm. in about 2014. Yeah. And I just started recording nice relaxing of music for me to meditate because around, around that time I was training Reiki. Okay. And how Reiki came from, you've spoken about your, in your, some of your podcasts. Yes. And I was getting very drunk with one of my <laughs> bandmates at the time. I used to get drunk in a kitchen and write songs, and it was a brilliant time. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, they were hilarious. Yeah. But for some reason, my hands, start, I started, to, in my, especially my left hand, and I'm right-handed, I'd feel heat in, like a husband would have like a, a sore injury or a soldier, and I'd feel heat yeah. when I scanned them. I don't know, don't ask me how I got into this scanning thing. We were drunk. <laughs> and it wasn't anything weird, though. It no. It was like dodgy <laughs> like that. And, um, and then I, I spoke to my cousin in Wales about it, and... She says, Reiki. And I was like, what's Reiki? Yep. You know, what's all this? And she goes, go back to Nottingham. Mm-hmm. And literally, I googled Reiki. And Jane McLennan, who became my Reiki master and teacher, was the first person that came up. Oh, interesting. So, and I'm really shy. I hate talking on the phone. I have to talk on the phone all the time. It's like my own punishment um, in works. But I, I'm really quite shy in some mm-hmm. ways. I've had to make myself braver over the years. Yep. but. I phoned her, I contacted her, can I book a Reiki treatment off you? I didn't really know what it entailed. Mm -hmm. And she did it and I was like, what is this? It's amazing. Um, And I felt these things, this this energy moving through me and and it was just phenomenal. And I very quickly um, booked on to level one Reiki with her. And then um, I really did my homework properly with that. I really committed Mm -hmm. myself to it because it was a very much... You know, I'd, I'd spend days where I'd, I'd just scream and cry because things are just coming out of being released. Yeah, and I think it's so powerful, isn't it? And I know so many people in the wellbeing industry that I know started off with the Reiki, mm. but it's very transformative, that healing that yeah. it brings forward, but also it's that, that trauma and that release that it can bring forward yeah, as well. Yeah. And I think what you say is very important there, that it's you need to be dedicated to mm-hmm. it. And it's one of those things that I have to, I've had to learn to chill over the years because I get like a bit grumpy sometimes when people go like they just want their certificate because mm. I think this is it's about always connecting with yourself and healing yourself first and really looking at all aspects of your being and allowing that to be a transformative process and I think you can get so much out of that and I hate it when people don't recognize that yeah it's it's I, I mean I didn't become a multi-instrumentalist overnight I my dad luckily my mum and dad bought me instruments when I was a kid and I'm not, I'm not book read. I'm not, you know, put me a sheet music. I'll be like, I don't really understand it. I taught myself 
on multiple mm-hmm. instruments and wow. bought second-hand things and worked and then bought other things. And over time, I learned that, and it's the same commitment to, and then eventually become, you learn how to compose or co- composition happens. At, it's like Reiki channels the universal life force energy. Absolutely. Um, and I'm a channeler of music. So when I'm composing, I sit there and I don't really think I have an intention or I have the feeling that I need to do it. And then I'll, I'll record an album, then I'll have a break, and then it'll build up inside me when I need to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it's amazing, and it feels amazing. And the same with Reiki is that you're channeling. You know, it teaches you check techniques to channel the mm-hmm. energies for, for well-being and healing. Yeah. And I found that experience. I mean, I think the attunements were just... I think I did it at level one or level two I did, and I was literally sat in it. It was like a terracotta... And I think I even drew it from a Reiki master temple. It felt it literally. Wow. And it was just like I was transported somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it was just so phenomenally amazing. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I really put the effort in. Because when you get these, and you do get people that go, oh, you can do level one and level two every week. And then there's, it's, it, no, it's not. It's not. And that. I feel like the people are really missing out on mm. the experience. Yeah. And as I said, you wouldn't go and plug something into something that's too high voltage because it mm-hmm. blows the fuses. Yeah. You need time to adjust that energy and really learn and understand and appreciate it. Yeah. And so I think it's, if you choose that, that's your own personal path, but potentially you're selling yourself short mm-hmm. on this really magical, amazing journey and the process. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 mean, I got, it's like, I felt, I felt like a bit like Teen Wolf, where when I was first tuned, <laughs> I felt like I could save the world. I was transforming into yes. something. And I'd sit at the bus stop and my hands would start buzzing. I was like, oh, God, I'm turning again. There's something happening. And I got really overexcited. And I did actually go for a stage where I thought I could heal the world. And that was very silly of me. And I really. think quite a lot of us have done that. We're like, <laughs> yes, we've got this newfound like, inspiration and yeah. knowledge. And we want to share it with everyone. Yeah. And it's having to recognise not everybody wants that. No. And not everybody's ready to hear it either. And that, that was quite a steep learning curve for me a few times when I sort of shared yeah. something and I got funny looks or something like, actually, I don't buy into that and I find it quite offensive. I was like, oh, dear. So you have to learn to navigate it, don't you? Because it's yeah. that enthusiasm to start with. I, mean, yeah. I dragged, I mean, I, was, I started working, after 18 years of working in retail, I, I started to work in the NHS and I started off in mental health and I would drag people home and say, right, you're going to be, you know, do you want to try Reiki? Mm-hmm. And some of them would be like, oh, all right. Some of them, I've actually, one of the, a pharmacy technician, when I worked in the pharmacy uh, dispensing, I'm still friends with her now many years later. I mean, for some, the weird thing is, she, her sister was my mum's friend. So it's right. a weird, small world. Mm-hmm. But she comes around like once a month now yeah. for Reiki as friend. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we do an exchange and it's kind of, I love it, and it's an experience. And Patty, our cat, jumps on it every single time. I don't need to shut her out of the room, but Patty enjoys it as well. Animals <laughs> enjoy it. And we've been doing it for years, oh, and amazing. obviously not in lockdown, so we've had to kind of, you know, adapt, you know, adapt things. But it was kind of I like the, the hands-on. I know you can do distant healing mm-hmm. and stuff, but I actually like the hands-on having someone on the couch because yeah. my Reiki master sold me her treatment couch okay. years ago, and actually. I did start treating it. We've got a fold-out one now, but I actually my computer and my keyboards are on this Reiki couch. So when I compose, mm-hmm. it's, I've created basically a desk out of oh, it. Oh, how lovely! That all the energies of all the clients she's treated over the years and everything that history is 
it's I'm on top of it really. Oh, I think that's a lovely connection. Um, and I, I gave a lot, the last month for Mind Body Spirit show. I I uh, I was came came and I was like, oh my god, Jane, oh. I've seen you off in for years. Mm-hmm. I used to go to some chanting with her as well at one point, and um, I gave her a CD. I was like, Jane, this is what you inspired for the Reiki album, and I managed to give my Reiki master, who I absolutely adore, who changed my life for the better from being into you know taking things and doing things to myself I shouldn't have been really yeah to move him into me into this holistic and spiritual path mm-hmm. which I've embraced and yeah sometimes I don't do Reiki every day I should do you know I should do lots of things every day but I've started to get back into it a lot more now because my life's a lot more settled this year mm-hmm. and my intentions are do it more when I'm That's meditating good. and Reiki healing and stuff and so, but yeah, like you said, it's your commitment to anything that you're learning or practicing. You've got to commit to it. You can't just like people say, Claude, can you teach me how to play guitar? I'm like, teach yourself how to play guitar. Yeah, it hurts your fingers. Yes, it hurts your fingers, but you've got to keep playing it. And you, and there's plenty. You know, you don't have to even pay for a teacher. You can watch videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can teach yourself anything on YouTube. You can teach yourself DIY on YouTube. <laughs> you can put up all the adverts every five seconds, but. It's you've got to commit whatever you want to learn and do in life. You've got to commit yourself to it. If you want to build your own business, you've got to put that time in. And, mm-hmm. and like I said to you and Pete earlier, it's Angie sat on the toilet booking clients. Then she's sometimes we have to take away that me time, us time, and say, look, put the phones away. Let's go and do something. And it's very hard sometimes because we're both very digital yes. age people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think it is. It's making that time for one another. But also when mm. you're wanting to go out and make a difference. And I know I'm like it. Mm. It's very hard sometimes to shut off from the business side of things because, yes, we need to live sort of in this 3D world. And yes, the energetic exchange for that is to be able to have money. Mm -hmm. You need to have that to pay for your food and your bills. So we need to earn a certain percentage of that. But I know it's the same with you as it is with me. It goes far beyond that with our businesses. We've got a real passion and drive to help people to make a difference to them and to the world around us. Yeah. And that's really hard to shut off from. Yeah. It's I mean I I've 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 liked time with the kind of I don't know, with people at the well being shows like when I was at the weekend with Rick Paul, I I, <laughs> I only started going to it like with Sarah May, mm-hmm. live psychic demonstrations when my mum and dad I live with a psychic. Yeah. It's hard when you live with the person to get the listen to them. Yes. So I will occasionally go to someone else. I know what I need to do in life, which is music art and there's something else I keep getting to and I don't know what it is yet. Ooh, I, like Reiki, I like being Reiki with my friends, but I'm not going to go out, oh, I'm going to be another Reiki practitioner. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't know, Ange wants me to be, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's not drawing me mega to it. I like yep. it now and again, treating people. But And Rick did this. I was dozing off. I was literally dozing off during this, thinking, oh, it's chilled out in his demonstration at the weekend. And he said, some, he, he took my phone. He said, because he needed an object to connect to. Okay. And literally, I instantly felt my hands buzzing. This energy Ooh. just started. I've not experienced that before with, 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 with that. And um, and then he, he said some very prominent things about there's there's something under a pile of rubbish or something that you're looking for. And I know what it is because it's the Wi-Fi booster. <laughs> because Ange works in the conservatory now. We bought one and it's gone missing. So I put okay. it somewhere safe and it's been driving me mad. And I know it's it's under somewhere. So I've got to find it. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. But it, and it's the connection is you mentioned jigsaws, which is related to my mum. My mum was very much into jigsaws, mm-hmm. 
And I've had some things from Sarah Mayo's psychic and it very, she wouldn't never, you know, she did a thing about chocolate buttons. My mum was diabetic and she would only ever have a little chocolate, but a giant okay. cho chocolate button. Yeah. And things like that that no one ever knew mm -hmm. that you get from from these things. So I've, I've booked private readings, so I get some connection. And my mum's about, yeah. and you'll say, oh, she's sat in the back of the car in a chat with you about things and Mm -hmm. and things so it's all that kind of stuff and, and it led me on to when when she did die last March very suddenly I I was obviously extremely upset and yes. and you offered your help as well which I really appreciate mm -hmm. and and I got so much support which was wonderful mm -hmm. and, and my dedication to my mum because my mum and me had a, quite a rocky relationship she never really ex kind of accepted me and Angela's lesbian she, she knew me and Angela's friends Mm -hmm. but my mum would treat Angela like a daughter but she'd not talk about it very simple polyping <laughs> old-fashioned yeah. and but my mum loved us in her own way and, and, mm -hmm. and things, and but I do miss her energy and I miss her even when she moaned all the time. I miss that. So, yeah. but I, I, to, for my healing on the grief, and it was a very intense grief journey. And mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I have my days now. It's a year later now, and I have my days where I will just cry for no reason. Yeah. But um, I, I, re I recorded, wrote and recorded an album dedicated to my mum called mm -hmm. Mother, which I've just released, and I released it deliberately a year later. Yeah. Because a, it wasn't ready um, until probably I started mastering it last December. Mm -hmm. But it was to dedicate. I'm not a mother myself. I was never drawn to having children. I've got a cat, but I've got an ultimate fear of childbirth. But that's another story. But <laughs> um, I've since watched the film Alien. That was it. Mm -hmm. I think I probably need therapy about that, Debbie. But never mind. <laughs> um, I'm too old now, menopausal, but um, and I don't want them anyway. And it's kind of recording this journey of motherhood from birth to death and in the spirit. I mean, one of the things that my mum kind of said, I love it, I love is un unconditional, and, and and there's like things that she said that I've put into the album, and it it, it kind of really. I don't know, it was a very emotional recording process. I don't think I've ever had so much emotion put mm -hmm. into music to capture the energies and what the subject matters were. Like, like her garden and her teddy bear. She had a massive thousand of teddy bears. Yeah. And I'm really proud. I mean, we've played it at a funeral. We had to wait a while for a funeral because of the sudden death. And mm -hmm. that was played at her graveside because she's buried at a natural burial ground, which was beautiful. Oh, and I lovely. highly recommend it's somewhere I want to be buried in a natural burial ground. It was mm -hmm. a beautiful experience. And we plant things and she had a tree planted, a cherry tree and things. Oh, how lovely. So it was, my, my journey of grief was kind of healing with music. Mm -hmm. Music has always been my go-to yeah. kind of friend, companion for whatever bad days I'm having, whether I feel a bit down and depressed or work stressing mm -hmm. me out to the point of screaming, as it often does. Music's my go-to and this healing process that I had through, and I'm not saying I'm over it because I'm never going to, you're never the over the death of someone. No. But it's really helped the spiritual community at the wellbeing shows have been, you know, that has been absolutely, I can have been I'm indebted forever for the people that have even offered a kind word. Mm -hmm. That's meant, meant more than anything. And doing the album, that's there forever and it's released for the world and I hope it helps others connect or mm -hmm. appreciate their own mothers, whether they've had a good childhood, bad childhood or whatever the relationships are, we've all got a mother. Yes. You know, and and I think that the beauty of giving and creating life is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope this this music resonates for years and you know years and years to come, really. But yeah, the grief journeys are oh, it's a yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Now now I'm in that club, 
they have lost a parent from it's terrible. Yeah. But... And you can't prepare for anything like that, can you? Because it no. brings up all sorts of different emotions. Like you say, you have a whole journey with that person. They uh-huh. bring you into the world. There's all those different dynamics of them raising you. It's becoming aware that they've got potentially some fault or there's those disagreements or issues that mm-hmm. occur at different stages and then the resolution. And I think it's such a unique journey between child and parent. So it's going to have a very profound impact and a lasting mm. impact, isn't it? And when you've lost that, it's all yeah. the what could have been and what may have become on that journey as it carried on, as well as what's lost. Yeah. And what things were unsaid, this, you know, we all have regrets saying things, and this is why me and Angie are very, we are very vocal and open and honest in our relationship. If we talk openly about if we're upset at each other or we're frustrated or we do talk about it mm-hmm. because I'd rather say something if it's not necessarily nice. Not necessarily, I don't mean like that, but we're honest. And you need to be, don't you? Because mm. then that stops those negative emotions from festering uh-huh. as well. And yes, it's, it can be triggering sometimes when you have those conversations. But then when you've been able to sit back, think about it and reflect, it means you can then come together and find solutions. So you're providing that opportunity to keep everything healing and positive. And I always think, I always go back to when Pete and I did our, when we had to prepare for getting married. Um the chaplain who was brilliant and he did like the marriage preparation ceremony things with us and he said about the importance of a relationship is it should be about sustaining which is obviously the day-to-day functioning about healing one another and also about growth and if you can have all elements of that in a relationship it's likely to be successful so like you say by having that open and honest communication it goes beyond just that sustaining it's also that you're healing together and you're learning and you're growing and becoming better people as individuals, but also as a unit. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I never thought that anyone, that anyone would ever love me, ever, to the weirdo. Oh. Very much as Luna, and but they did. Mm-hmm. And I've loved and I'm so privileged to have been able to experience those emotions and and continue to, you know, get older and have this wonderful, these wonderful adventures in life mm-hmm. and... And, and be able to, you know, even though I'm getting a bit arthritic now, my fingers, as long as my fingers work, I can make music. And, and after that, I'll, I'll work out well, you know, I can paint paintings and things. Yeah. So it's, it's a wonderful experience. And I'm very, very blessed mm-hmm. and, and grateful that I've been given these gifts. And maybe if I'd have been more committed, I'd maybe on stage playing more, I don't know. But I'm, I'm a bit, I think I've been put on this earth in this body to to do what I've done with maybe just it's the earth tree healing it gets out there, that music gets out there and helps others meditate or their well being and, and, and I get paid it played in hundreds of countries. Gonna say you have such yeah. a far reaching audience, don't you? And I yeah. love seeing each year, you know, when you've published something like your spot on, yeah. Spotify, Spotify yeah. um, how many listens yeah. you've had and things. It's incredible. It was I mean Apple Music, like yeah, you're always in this pod, podcast. I mean, someone put me on an Apple Music playlist years ago with the Goddess Temple. Mm-hmm. And the Goddess Temple uh, single, I go to Glastonbury with Angela and we go to the Goddess Temple there and we meditate and it's got great vibes. Yeah. And that's what inspired me to write the track mm-hmm. and it just the music flowed through. It was very haunting and hypnotic and someone picked it up, put it on an Apple Music playlist because there's all this you know, let's all pay for plays and stuff. I don't do any of that. Okay. And they and it just went mad. It went, wow. you know, I suddenly saw £400 in my... I mean, and you don't get paid hardly anything for streaming royalties and music. Mm-hmm. It's very, very rubbish. But I got. I thought, why have I got $400 in my account? Yeah. So what's, what's happened here? And I started downloading all the stats on the apps mm-hmm. and stuff, and it, it just went mad in America. And now 
I've got a bigger America, you know, that and Brazil as well, they like listening to my stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'll get some some random I did a Christmas album, some random Christmas track being played in like some weird country. You know, some random place. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I love looking at the, the... But that's amazing, thinking, like, who might be being touched by that mm. music? Yeah. What is it creating with them? What inspiration? What healing? Mm. What gifts is it triggering within them to be able to be accessed? Yeah. That's potentially having such a far reach yeah. in influencing so many people's journeys. That's phenomenal. Is it? I mean, it's just like, I'm thinking they all may never meet me in life. Mm-hmm. And I may never meet them, but my music will meet them. And yeah. that, I think that, you know, after my death, I'm hoping this will carry on and carry it's on. It's a legacy, isn't it? And, yeah, it's what I leave on this earth from me, Claude. Mm-hmm. But it's like your podcast. Your podcast will reach more and more people. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And, and I was listening, like, in, in bed the other night to them. And, and it's really inspiring, inspiring of your journey and the people that you're meeting mm-hmm. along these podcasts to talk about. And if, if one thing inspires the people that listen to these, if someone tells them, it's a brilliant thing. Because there's, there's, the world, there's a world of war and negativity, poverty and abuse and terrible things that go off and people tend to focus on those. Mm-hmm. We know it all happens, but don't let that overshadow your own bliss. Definitely, because there there's so much good and there's so mm. much potential out there. And I think we really recognise that with the community that we've got and we are very much a community. We all look mm-hmm. out for each other. And I'll go on to that more in a moment, but I just wanted to share with you. So obviously when you hear this, listeners, it's been a few months since my podcast has been released. But it's as we're talking today, mm-hmm. it's 48 hours ago. And the first person who suggested that I should do a podcast, don't really speak to him. However, he messaged to say that it was cool. And what he said, and this has really sort of resonated with me, he said he finds it fascinating how that those waves that create that podcast they're just going to go out indefinitely into space and so as those waves travel throughout time and space who knows in the future who might be listening to my voice and what we're sharing and that's the same with your music and Mm -hmm. it hadn't really registered to me on that level that it goes on I was just thinking oh I'm going to be having a chat with people I love and I'm going to be able to share some of my knowledge and hopefully a few people will listen and it will help them but it's far bigger than that, isn't it? And I think we're all of us in this community doing our own little things in our own ways. But all together, when we add that up, we're creating something phenomenal. There's huge change. And I think when you can tune into that positive, we're a force to be reckoned with. Exactly, exactly. That. I just hope more people find the positive things in the world and the beauty in the world, because it is there. It mm-hmm. really is. Absolutely. And I think... It's just been reminded that, like you say, when we started our conversation, it's the beauty of the sky today Mm. and that little rabbit coming past. But it's also the communities that you're in. And I think as I've become more spiritually aware, as I've healed myself, we are now in this community where we share knowledge, we share skills, we share resources, but we're very much there for each other. And that's huge, isn't it? And if I'm ever having a bad day where I think, oh, my gosh, everything's going wrong in the world. How are we ever going to heal? How are we ever going to shift things? All I need to do is look at that community and the people around me and see people like you doing your little posts on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. And it just reminds me you're all there. Yeah, and that yeah. makes such a transformational difference. It does. I mean, you know, everyone's got to earn a living. And I think that's a great thing. But I think, there are, you know, we've met selfish people that just want, it's all about the money and the con artists and they'll tell you anything to make money out of you. And, 
it's really sad that that, that happens, mm-hmm. but having the people, you know, in, our, in our, all our lives that we know are wonderful folks, and yeah, they're making a living, but they're helping each other, and, you know, Angie and myself are so grateful that Angie's working hard on her business, and mm-hmm. and people are helping her, yeah. and she's helping others, and I think that's, and I'm so proud of her, mm-hmm. of, of the genuine, and, and like you were saying, you know, people come up to you and say they love going to the Phoenix Flames, they do, of, yeah. Little Angel, big Angel. We've got tiny Angel as well, it helps. So we've got like that many Angelas, it's unreal. <laughs> it gets quite confusing, but they're all different sizes and different heights. So it's, you can tell them apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and we started off at, you know, even the Lydian shows as, mm-hmm. as spending a fortune <laughs> treating ourselves. Yes. And, and then we got to know people mm-hmm. like we got to know and we've become really good friends with Kirsty, ethically gifted and yeah. we go and stay with her we'll go for lunch with her now mm-hmm. and and that's a built up a friendship and that'll be a friendship for life yeah. and you've got Don and Carol that do the Tai Chi and I do a bit of drumming for mm-hmm. them and, and it's just like you just meet people we've got the stage area now and yeah and through that I mean I've got invited to music festivals where I'm playing at different music festivals through doing shows mm-hmm. and people get to know what I do because I love a little twinkle on the guitar and yeah and things so it's just it just and I think it's sparking off each other as well Mm. isn't it because one of the last shows I did because like you say they've got the stage area now and Don came up to me he's like we've got a slot that needs filling we know you're reliable would you do something I was like ah yes I can and I thought I was going to take it in one direction but I think seeing you and the interaction with your music and it was really Mm. close to your stall Mm -hmm. I took it in a different direction it's the first time in public I do anything so I did some sort of toning and some singing and it was you that sort of inspired me to do mm. that and it gave me the courage to do that. So I'm really grateful for that yeah, experience. It, didn't Giles bring the, is it the cacao? Giles brought the cacao and we just made something together yeah. very quickly, didn't we, as a group? Yeah, and it was it's just and that's that spirit, that 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 teamwork and mm. everyone's helping each other and there's no like, oh I'm in competition with you and you and and it's not like that, which it's is brilliant. collaboration, isn't it? And it's so yeah. important. And yeah. I mean you said last time at the show you had quite an interesting experience, you Oh, yeah. So, so because I've got arthritis in my knees, and yeah, yeah, I know I've got to lose weight and things and stuff, and I've, I've had physiotherapy and you know some pain relief. But I don't like taking painkillers if I can help it. And and I went to, I'd always wanted to see Stephen Blake on Old Pain to Go, because mm-hmm. but because I'm doing lots of stage area, I don't get to see everybody, you know, yeah. a lot of the time. And he was he was in the stage area, and he was about to do a demonstration talk, and I thought, no one's there. I'm not doing it. I'm going to go and speak to him. I just felt absolutely drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And we had this like amazing experience where he basically like connected with my subconscious of why I was in so much pain mm-hmm. in my knees, and and I'd had issues going off at work where I'd have staff being off sick or on a holiday, and my legs were getting worse and worse. I had a really bad. Since my mum died, I'd kind of sat a lot, sat a lot, not done a lot of exercise, and cried a lot. So mm-hmm. I went back to work after a few months, and I couldn't hardly walk. And I was like, hang on, I've always had bad knees, but it just got to a really bad point so yeah. I think something something's going on here so I've got doctor physiotherapy and but I was still in a lot of pain and Stephen we were connected in and he was doing like the human pendulum back and you know yes mm-hmm. and no and it was basically because I was just accepting the work at work and making myself in more pain by having to walk around wards to cover scanning wards because we all just stopped for the wards basically materials yeah. management and I manage a team of people and I was just getting myself in a worse and worse state because I was hobbling around. I've got crutches. I've got a walking stick and it was just too much for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just, yes, yes, because I'm, I'm a very big, 
there's a patient at the end of it, we'll do anything. Yes. We don't get paid what we, we need to get paid in the NHS. We know that the country's in a mess and la, la, la. Don't want to get into the politics of it, but um, there's people that work in the NHS because they care, mm-hmm. not, for, not for the money. Definitely. And um, so I was just getting on with it, suffering and suffering and suffering. And my subconscious was basically saying, Claude, you need to take a stand. You've got to say no. Yep. You've got to say we need to get some staff in the legs. Mm-hmm. So I had this revelation with Stephen, and I was like, oh, my, he says, you need to go back to work and you need to put your foot down. Yeah. Because I'd already spoke to my doctor who's going to sign me on to light, light duties. Mm-hmm. And then most of my job is admin. I'm sat in an office managing people. Yep. Um, I kind of, I went, so I went back to work that Monday. I was like, and the pain did go out of my knees. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just like this really weird but amazing experience with him. And I hugged him and I was like, oh my God, you've, you're kind of life-changing me here again. Mm-hmm. And I went back to work and I said, contacted both my bosses and I went, I'm pulling the plug now. I can't walk these distances. You need to, we need to do something else. I'm yep. going to get doctors now, get it sorted. So I did that. Um, the following day, um, both of my staff then refused to do extra areas to cover. Okay. It kicked off. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd thought I've got to the end of my tablet. So actually I, like, I walked out of work. Wow. I actually walked out. Mm-hmm. I felt very unsupported, but very empowered by what happened at the weekend mm-hmm. with me and Pam. I said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I yes. can't do it. It's creating me physical and mental harm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was off for a few days. Obviously, there were meetings and consequences, not consequences, but a reflection upon how I'd been not supported yes. from my bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that, a massive decision, even though I've been hovering over it for to look for a new job mm-hmm. within the NHS because it's yes. good pension. So I made that decision. I, I, I spoke to the head of procurement, Emma, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a very nice and fair person, and she's very spiritual as well, which is why I connect with her better. I said, look, Emma, I've had enough. Um, I'm looking for another job. She goes, well, we've got a really good skill set. We'll just try and keep you in procurement, la, la, la. So we've gone down this road, of, and all these jobs have just suddenly come up. Mm-hmm. So it's a higher banding that I, I'm a, I've applied. So I applied for it the other day, yep. well, a few days ago. I literally yesterday, the day before, got, got through to interview. So whether I get it or not, it's a different matter, but I've got an interview at the end of the month. Amazing. But because I've made the decision to say, I'm done with this job, my knees aren't going to particularly get any better. So even though I can do my job in a lot of ways, it, I would rather let someone else who's got legs that want to run around the hospital mm-hmm. campus get an opportunity in my role and yes. we go and do something more admin mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens at the end of the month. I'm not, you know, there's, there's, I think there's five to seven positions going and there's yep. ten applicants. So we'd, I don't know. I've got, I've I've got, got a good qualifications. feeling. Well, I think, and this is going sort of more on the spiritual side. So what's going on with me at the end of the month is I'm doing a ladies' night. So the first ladies' night got planned last October. I got very, very carried away on the school run one day telling some of the other mums how I'd had a fantastic evening out dancing. We'd gone to a pub, me and my friend. But then at the end of the evening, it was just a bit of a letdown because some men got drunk and they tried to dance with us, but they wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm. And it just spoilt it a little bit. So this conversation started on the school run and other mums were like, well, I don't like going clubbing anymore because I feel too old or I hated that situation or I like going out to dances, but my husband won't dance and then I have to just sit there all evening. And me being me, I'm very impulsive. I was like, I've got the best idea ever. Why don't we all club together, a hundred of us, hire this band, hire a disco, 
hire a hall, we all bring an item of food and we collaboratively make this event where we can all just be. And it all came together. So we said you could dress in whatever you wanted. So we had some women in ball gowns, we had some women in pajamas, some women in their casual clothes, some people dressing up. We even had one lady dressed as a whoopee cushion because she felt like mm. she just wanted to go and let it all out. And it was a brilliant night. And it felt very significant. So afterwards, lots of people were like, do it again. I was like, oh, okay. I was all excited. And so basically the next one's going to be at the end of this month. So we'll be looking at the end of April. But it feels like, and I can't explain this in a logical sense, it feels like it's a really pivotal moment that we've all had these struggles and difficulties. And I know a lot of my friends in the wellbeing and spiritual community have had things that maybe haven't been flowing or they've been in situations that haven't been quite working out. I feel that this ladies' night is going to be like a celebration. So it's going to be a, yes, you've shifted and yes, you've achieved and it's a new beginning. And I can't explain that in a logical sense. But also with what's going on with me, I've had lots of things. I felt a real slog since the pandemic that I got very behind on my work because I had children off for eight months. And then I had to do all my courses, but in smaller groups. So my workload got massively, I got a massive backlog, basically. It's taken me two years to get there. My last thing I want to do is write my book. So I've given myself till the end of the Easter holidays to get that first draft written and then to get it read through before ladies night so it feels like that's coming to a conclusion for me my husband he like we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier he's dabbled in therapies for years but he's never gone into practice he did sound therapy training recently and qualified and if the other week he just said to me one evening I feel like I'm a sound therapist which is amazing because he's been a kitchen designer for 15 mm -hmm. years and he's always said I don't know what I'm doing with my life I don't know what I'm meant to be and so we came up with this idea the other night of, OK, let's start by doing one or two clients a week and you can build it up over the next couple of years. And when you've got a reputation, perhaps then we can transition to part time and then eventually you can be full time because he has the stable, consistent wage. Anyway, the universe heard that and had other plans. And the next day he got told he was getting made redundant. No fault of his own. They're just restructuring the company and have got rid of all assistant managers in the smaller branches. So end of April, he'll be finishing there and he's going to be embarking on his sound therapy healing work. And I've always felt that he should be a therapist. That's his bigger contribution to the world. So I feel like we're all aligning. So I know I've gone off on a massive story there, <laughs> but the fact that you've got these interviews at the end of the month and also you've made that decision to do something different for yourself, I think is a really good omen. Definitely, like my energy has changed. That once you make that absolute, whatever drives you to that decision, whatever happens, mm -hmm. it's meant to happen. Because I was quite like procrastinating it for a long time, going, "Oh no, the job's going to be all right." No, it's not, and it's <laughs> and it's like a terrible dilemma to be in, and you know, it made me very unhappy for a long time. It's and, a state of limbo, isn't it? Yeah, and and once I made that final decision because of what had happened with things that happened at work, and I was like, no. And I felt liberated that I'd actually vocalised it to my boss and said, look, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I'm not holding a gun to your head to say I'm, I'm having a, you know, throwing my toys out of the I'm literally telling you, I've had enough. Yeah. Someone else needs to do this job. I need to go and do something else now. Mm -hmm. And whatever, you know, if I do get a job, I'll be, I'll be really happy. But if I don't, there'll be other opportunities that will come up. Definitely. Um, but I feel quite, you know, a lot more relaxed in everything that's happened because it all happens for a reason. And I agree with that. I think it's very much that making that clear, definite decision 
Mm. Obviously, you need to take positive action. Mm -hmm. But once you do that, it's then like relinquishing that and then trusting that the universe does have your back and that when you've decided, these things will be presented. Yeah, but and it was speaking my truth, and it was Stephen that facilitated that, mm -hmm. of where I was drawn to him, like I've been drawn to other therapists, yeah. you know, at shows, and I've had a treatment, or something's led to something else. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'd love to have some therapy off you. I'd probably get some brilliant therapy yeah. uh, sessions out here at some mm -hmm. point, and we'll probably book that in, in in years to come, but <laughs> um, sort Claude out. But it's um, it, it was just... That that happened and that happened and that happened. It it's led to something liberating and wonderful. Yeah. And I just love how that works. Me it's too. Brilliant. Those synchronicities, how everything just lines up at the right moment and the right time. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy to see as you're going through it, but everything that I've gone through, when I look back, the right people, the right circumstances, the right situations always presented as and when they needed to. And that wasn't always easy situations, but it was always the right situations to get me where I needed to be and to allow me to be where I am now. Exactly. It's brilliant. It's exciting, and I love, isn't it? I love like, looking at all your instruments as well. Yeah. You've got some good <laughs> collections. You've got some good collections going on. So, yeah. Which I think we're coming to the end of this podcast, but I'm very lucky today because I've got both you and Ange here. So yeah. at the moment, Pete and Ange are playing with herbs. They're making but, some nice herbal potion of yeah. some sort, aren't they, to help manifest Pete's new yeah. business venture. So I think we'll do a swap in a few minutes and then I'll get the pleasure of talking to Andrew and you and Pete will probably be doing something instrumental yeah. downstairs. <laughs> you know, some noise to like, keep it down. <laughs> Brilliant. So just as we're wrapping up then, just as a final thing, have you got a particular message or something that you would like to leave with the listeners that you think might help them before you go? I think, you know, the thing for me that I've found in life is folly your gut instincts. Mm -hmm. When you feel you've, you, you, you've got a connection with someone, go with it. Work hard. Whatever you want to do in life and achieve in life, work hard at it. Don't just get a certificate for the sake of it if you want to train in something. Put, put all of yourself into it mm -hmm. and you'll get so much more out of it. I think that's the thing that, you know, I've, I've enjoyed that in life so far. The more, and it might be stressful, it might be exhausting at the time, and you might be going, why am I doing this? So sometimes you might need to stop and go, you know what, this isn't for me. Yes. I need to do a different thing. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, accept it, own it, accept mm -hmm. it and, and go and do something that you really enjoy. So so my, my message is like commit to your things, follow your instinct, hang around the people that are good, you work out the bad ones, Yeah. don't waste your life and time with them and, and you should be all right, really. Brilliant. I think that sums <laughs> it up brilliantly and I absolutely agree with what you've just said. So thank, you, so thank you so much for coming. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, and it's yeah, nice it's getting brilliant. to know you a bit better yeah. as well, because we tend to pass ships sort of as we're yeah. sort of at the shows, don't we? It's very yeah. hi, how are you? Yes, I'm good. So yeah. thank brilliant. you ever so much. So thank you listeners for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that. And whatever you're doing, have a great day. Take care and I shall speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapist Programme and my Professional Hypnotherapy Training Programmes. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com. And also remember to follow me on social media. 
Simply on Facebook, type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page. And I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Please do send any comments or questions. And if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.